0: But we're going to start off in the book of Acts. And the message that you will hear today may seem to be foreign to some ears, but since sometimes we need to understand that the things that we thought, the things that we have been taught, uh, is in conflict with the Word of God. It's in conflict. And so. Therefore, today, I'm gonna, once again, I'm going to try to teach. I got excited last week. Amen. I really got excited last week. But I'm also excited about this word that the Lord has given us again today. Because uh, when it comes down to it, there's so many facets of, of religion out there that uh, we really don't know what the truth is when it comes down to the Bible. Amen. So we're going to take you to the book of Acts, chapter 1, first. Amen. The book of Acts in chapter 1 is where we're going to go first. Father, we thank you. We ask now, Lord, that you would just give me the uh, wisdom and knowledge and the understanding how to bring forth your word and uh, begin to impart into the believers that are present as well as those online that we will know truth. Amen and amen and amen. Now, the title this morning of our message is called Misguided Truths misguided truth. And for so such a long time, uh when it came down to, to the gospel, the church has always taught a church doctrine, a church doctrine. Well, that's not biblical. That's not biblical. But what we're going to do is we're going to through the scripture show what we're supposed to be teaching and also what the apostles taught as well. How, how we got off track when it came down to the body of Christ, I have no clue. But what I do know is the body of Christ has gotten off track of, as far as the teachings of God. Now, in Acts chapter number 1, we are going to begin reading at verse number 3. So I need you to listen very attentively and very closely, so we're going to make sure we don't miss anything. Because when we leave from this place, And, you know, the questions that we will have in our minds, we'll be able from the scriptures, go back and study and see what the Holy Spirit is trying to impart unto us. Now, Acts chapter number one, beginning at verse number three, this is after Christ has been crucified. Okay. now, verse three says to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to what? Pertaining to the kingdom of God. When Christ was resurrected, when he came back to his disciples, what he taught was the things that pertains to the kingdom. He did not teach things that pertain to the church. He, he began to preach things that pertain to the kingdom. That's what the word of God says. Now, when, when you think about it, you, wherever we may have been at any given time, we have to remember what have they told us? What what did the people teach us? We we'll say, well, they told us the Bible. Well, we're going to see if they really told us the Bible. We're going we're gonna to see that. Because, see, w- once we understand it's about the kingdom It's not about church. The church is a body. The church is the body of Christ. But when it comes down to teaching, we are to teach the kingdom of God. Now, let's go to the book of St. John, chapter number 18. St. John, New Testament. St. John, chapter number 18. St. John, chapter number 18. St. John, 18. St. John, chapter number 18. Remember, we're talking about misguided truths, misguided truths. Now, St. John, chapter number 18, here it is. Now, what they're getting ready uh, to take Jesus uh, before the high priest, before all the kings, and they want to crucify him. This is before his crucifixion. And once we understand this, we're going to understand why we're going where we're going. Now, verse number um, 35 says, Pilate answered. He's, ta- he's talking to Jesus. He says, am, uh, Jesus is speaking to Pilate. Pilate's the king. He said, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered unto me what thou hast done. Verse 36. It says, Jesus answered. Watch what Christ is saying. My kingdom is not of this world. The kingdom of God is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. Then he says, if my kingdom was of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. So he's expressing the fact that his kingdom from St. John chapter 18, that his kingdom is not from this world. See, during that time, the Romans—I mean, the Jews—they were were looking for a king because they was under the oppression of of the Roman government. So they was looking for somebody to come and deliver them. And so, because Jesus was saying that people were saying he was king of the Jews, that meant that it was to a point where they really wanted him to go because there could not be but one king. But he was saying to them that his kingdom is not from this world. Uh, and then in verse number 37, it says, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou saith that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. The first thing we have to understand and recognize is the fact that what is a kingdom? Jesus says that his kingdom is not from this world. This is why we we are so messed up when it comes down to democracy. Uh, Church, the kingdom is not a democracy. I mean, we live under a democracy supposedly, but as Christians, we are supposed to live, live under kingdom rulership. And not only kingdom rulership, but we're supposed to be governed by the laws of the king. Okay? Now, here we go. We're going to talk about what the kingdom. A kingdom is a foundation of power. That's the first thing we want to understand. A kingdom is a foundation of power. And the next thing about a kingdom is this. A kingdom has a king. A kingdom has a king. A kingdom don't have presidents. A kingdom has only one king. He, the kingdom only has one king. Jesus says his kingdom is not from this world. So a kingdom only has one king. The kingdom also it has servants, but it also says that the authority of a king comes from his birthright. That's why in verse number thirty-seven Jesus says there. He said, "Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, in order to be able to be to be able to be ruling." over a kingdom you have to be born into the kingdom you have to be born into it once you, he's born into it he has those birthrights. it's like this a king cannot be voted in nor can a king be voted out a king cannot be voted in and it can a king cannot be voted out king the kingdom does not have a presidency that's what we've said before that that's not not how the kingdom works so when it comes down to the king, uh, the king's rulership is forever. And not only that, we, we, it also it says that the Lord has been talking good this week. He's, he's really been talking good this week. He's really been talking good this week. Now, th- the kingship is a lifetime rule. He rules forever. Now, listen, look at listen this. The king's word is the law. Whatever the king says, that's the law. There is no senate. There is no congress. There is no courts. There's nothing when it comes down to the kingdom that man can do to take away the law of the kingdom. The, the word of the king is the law in the kingdom. Y'all see how we got so mixed up. We're under democracy. We got, we, we, we got as far as in the nation, we got a senate. That's where you get these Democrats and Republicans and Independents and whatever they got, four lefts and all this other mess, under democracy, not under kingdom. This is why the church has to understand that we are under a kingdom and not democracy. And that's another reason. That's how we get so many facets of religion. That's how we get so many denominations because we're not operating under the kingdom rule. Whatever the king, whatever the king says, that's the law. That's his word. That's why, and, and Minister Tom said it on Wednesday. You know, that's why he he talked about how he had read the Bible so many times, and even though when he went back, he would always get something new. But that was the only Bible, only book that he could continue to to read and read and read, and it never have a problem because he always got something from it. See, the word of God, the Bible never changes. The Bible is our law when it comes down to Christianity. The Bible, the Word of God, which is the Bible, this is the rules that we have right here. It's through the Bible. It's, it's through the Bible. So remember now, when under a kingdom, there is no president. I mean, we don't have this Congress and the Senate and voting and all this. Th- that's not the way it is. And that's why when it comes down to, to in churches, there's no such thing as voting in and voting out. But that's what churches do. However, that's not how it's supposed to be ran. It's supposed to be ran under the rules of the kingdom and under the rules of the king. Have you ever been in churches where you vote on stuff? I've been there. But it takes the knowledge of knowing what the word of God says. See, the church don't talk about kingdom. I mean, they never talk about kingdom. But Christians are are are... are uh, servants to the king, all right? Now, the next thing is this. His, his word is the law, and this is why we we, we we have the Bible. We have the Bible because the Bible is the law. Whatever God says is written in the book, and this is what we go by. Sometimes, you know, uh, people say, well, this is how we did it back in the day. got nothing to do with what happened in the back of the day. <laughs> It has to do with what God says, because of what Christ said, because he is the king. And when it comes down to the kingdom, whatever rules and regulations that is set, it's set by the king, and the servants and the citizens have to obey by. You know, when, when they had the wedding, I'm going to, to say this, when they had the wedding of, of the last prince, I couldn't understand why those women wore all them hats. I mean, every visitor, everybody came, they all had these hats on. Well, come to find out, that's part of their rules and regulations for a kingdom. Whatever the queen did, if she she means wear a hat all day, then all the people of that kingdom, they wore hats all day long. That's how it operates under the the kingdom. And I'm like, I was so amazed to find out about the different things when it came down to the kingdom. All right. Now, the next thing is, we always talked about, it's not a democracy. You know, um... Uh, it, there's so many facets of religion and, and denominations, and the, the governing influence of a kingdom is the will and the purpose and the intent of the king. Whatever, the, however, the citizens are to be governed, it has everything to do with the will and the purpose and the intent of the king. That's why you know we, we have to pray, Lord, not my will, but thine will be done. Because he is the king. It is his will that we have to carry out. It is his purpose that we have to carry out. It is his intent. Whatever, it, whatever his intent is, the king, I'm talking about Jesus, that is what we have to do. It's not we can do it our own way. It, it, it's not that at all. That's not kingdom rulership. That, that's not how it is when it comes down to Christianity. But that's what the church does. Everybody do their own thing. That's why you got so many different denominations, so many facets of religion. And if you think about it, and when you if you study the Word of God, when when Jesus came on scene, the very people that he beat, put out of the synagogue, was the, the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious folk. That's who he dealt with. He put them out. But when it came down to those people that, that they called sinners, those are the ones that Jesus embraced. So he turned things completely around because they were not operating under the kingdom principles. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that word. The kingdom principles is what we're supposed to be operating under. Now, women say, well, you know, I like to do what I want to, but not not if you're going to be a part of the kingdom and receive the blessings of the king. You can't do what you want to. Because, see, the king has to rule. I mean, it is the king's job to provide for every citizen, their lifestyle, everything, when it comes down to a kingdom, it is the king's job to take care of his citizens. It's the king's job, okay? Now, the next thing says, you know, we, we dealt with, the, you know, there's no Democrat when to come down to a kingdom. There's no Democrats and Republicans and liberals and independents. Uh, and, and, and the reason being is because they, they do not have the mind of, of, of Christ. See, the mind of Christ or the mind of the king has to be present. You have to have one mind. You can't have four minds. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I'm a Liberal. I'm an Independent, and whatever else they call themselves. You can't have all these different mindsets because it's only one mind, which is the mind of the King. You don't you don't get these teachings <laughs> outside of, 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 well, I won't say that. We don't. You find very few people that are teaching on Kingdom principles, teaching about the Kingdom that we're supposed to be operating upon them. Now, we have to understand that the church is the is body. The church is the body of Christ. We don't take uh, the, the rules of the king and substitute uh, church doctrine for what the king has already ordained and he has already laid out. Now, let's go to Acts chapter number twenty eight. Acts number twenty eight. That's where we want to go. Yeah. Yeah, Acts twenty eight. We have to understand now that, that when it comes down to the kingdom, the kingdom has a code of ethics. The kingdom has a code of e- ethics. There are certain th- guidelines that come when it comes down to the kingdom that we as Christians has to go by. Acts chapter number twenty-eight. Acts number twenty-eight. Yeah, uh, we're going to look at verse number thirty. We're going to look at that. We're going to look at verse number thirty. Because we have to understand when it comes down to the kingdom, the kingdom has a code of ethics, a code of ethics. There's an acceptable lifestyle and conduct when it comes down to the kingdom. Now, what are we, what are we preaching? What are we teaching? Now, Roman, I mean, uh, uh, Acts chapter number 28, verse number three. It talks about Paul. He says, and Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house, and he received all that came unto him. Now, when Paul comes on the scene, he begins to teach what Christ, had, the Holy Spirit, had given him. He began to teach that. Watch what he's teaching. Verse number 31. When people came to him, in verse 31, this is what Paul was teaching. He says, preaching what? The kingdom of God. And teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. What he began to teach was the kingdom. He talked about the kingdom. The same thing when Jesus got ready to go away, when he began to uh, speak to his disciples, he began to teach them about things that pertain to the kingdom. So he passed that on to his disciples. Paul is preaching the kingdom of God, and then it also says things that are concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, kingdom principle is not about the prosperity gospel. You've got, you got certain ministries, they based everything up on prosperity. That's, that's the whole gospel, <coughs> prosperity gospel. It says he was teaching those things that concern Jesus Christ, not about how much money you can get or how much money you think God going to give you, I mean I mean they've even made uh, 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 religions or denominations or whatever you want to call them they've even used speaking in tongues as, as, as a doctrine if, if you don't speak in tongues, then you're not saved and, you know you walk into church and, and the Bible explicitly says you've got to have an interpreter there, and then once they've been releasing and they're speaking in an utterance of the Holy, under the auction of the Holy Spirit. That person, if, if there's no interpreter in the house, then they have to pray and ask God to give them the interpretation. Because they said if you didn't do it that way, anybody that came in, they would think the church is crazy. Yeah, You can go into, a, I've been into a service where everybody was up speaking in tongues. Everybody had a word. That was, that's misguided truth. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Misguided truth. The Bible says he was preaching things that concerns Jesus Christ, concerns Christ. Christ, he died for us. I mean, I love, I love that you. he says, you know, while we, and he, that stays with me, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Who died for us? Jesus. It was by his blood, the blood of Jesus, it's through, by his blood. That's how we are saved. We've been bought with a price. And Jesus paid it. When they began to teach you about all this crazy stuff, you know, you run around of church and you're going to get delivered. You run 50 times and take all these laps. And, and when you get through taking them laps, all you got is being tied. Amen. I mean, I, I, I've been there too. And, and what's crazy is I used to do it too except I couldn't run 50 laps. I'm just following everybody else, you know. It's just crazy stuff. Misguided truths. Misguided. Wrong teaching we're supposed to be teaching about the kingdom of God and the things that co- concerns christ that's what the word of god says that's what was taught to the disciples, but somehow or another, we got off track and it was all about the money that's not what jesus said that's not what he he began to teach them now let's let let's let's move for i don't want to we've got a ways to go now Jesus never what, only one time. He says where the kingdom is. He says where the kingdom is. You know, we, we used to say, oh, we're going to take it by force. We're going to take the kingdom by force. We, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. We're going to go out in all these uh, communities and these neighborhoods, and we're going to take it by force. Now, we had taken a scripture out of context is what we had done. And it wasn't kingdom teaching. Let's see what the Bible says, because I love to give what the Bible says. That's what Jesus said, because, see, this is the law. <coughs> this is the law. The Bible is nothing except the will, the purpose, and the intent, and the word of God. This is the law. Let's go to St. Luke. St. Luke, chapter number 17. Are we learning anything? Amen. Uh, St. Luke, chapter number 17. St. Luke chapter number 17. Now, we're going to look at verse number 20. Verse number 20. Are we there? St. Luke chapter 17. So where is the kingdom? Where is the kingdom? If it's not external, where is it? And this is how we miss so much. Now, St. Luke chapter 17, verse number 20 says this. Because, see, they wanted they were making some demands on Christ and wants to know some information. But watch what it says here in the Word of God, 17, Luke 17, uh, verse number 20. It says, And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, now the Pharisees are the religious folk, when the kingdom of God should come, they looking for something external. He answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. The kingdom of God is not an outward showing. The kingdom is not an outward showing. See, that's what the word observation there. It's not an op- op- uh, outward showing. But where is it? What is it? Then he goes on to say in verse number 21 he says, Neither uh, shall they say, Lo here or Lo there, for behold, watch this, the kingdom of God is where? It is within you. The, according to what the king has written in in the word, the kingdom is within each one of us. The kingdom is within you. You are the church because you're the connected body. Christ is the head. But when it comes down to the king to the kingdom, the kingdom, the Bible says, is within you. That's why we we, we don't discover all the things that God has on the inside, all the gifts. I mean, this is precious treasure and everything God has for us, it's on the inside. We're so busy searching to, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. We're so busy trying to validate ourselves on things externally. Uh Uh-uh. What you need and what you have to make you understand what you really have, it's on the inside of you. Can you imagine going deep, uh, I hear that, deep sea fishing on the inside of yourself? Not in deep-sea fishing in somebody else, but deep-sea fishing on the inside of you. Because that's where the kingdom is. And there, and that's where, if you, if you if understanding that the kingdom is on the inside, that means because the king said in his word that he and, and his father, which is God, they will come and live in you, abode is what the word says. That means the king is on the inside of you. He's on the inside of you. Because that is where the kingdom is. Is that too much for our head? Online community, is that too much? That's where the kingdom is. The kingdom is on the inside of us. All the treasures, all the mysteries, all the revelations, it's on the inside of us. And we're busy looking outside, trying to validate ourselves through somebody else. And looking at somebody else's gift who have discovered what might be in them when we're missing what God has on the inside of us. The kingdom is within. It's inside. Now, this is what's amazing. This is what's amazing. Christ never talks about, he never talks about a precise meaning of the kingdom. He tells us where it is. But he also tells us what it is like. Okay? Now, let's go. Now, we're going to travel a little bit. Let's go to Matthew chapter number 13. St. Matthew chapter number 13. Christ loved to speak in parables. He loved to speak in parables. So we know where the kingdom is. The kingdom is on the inside of us. Amen? Amen. Now, This is what Christ does in order for us to understand because he always used parables to to try to help people to understand about the kingdom. Because, see, the kingdom is spiritual. And that's why we cannot, sometimes I'm I'm like, God, where are you? God is invisible, but yet he is still there. He's still there. Now, watch what it says now in verse number 24, St. Matthew chapter number 13. Now, verse 24 says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom now, which is the kingdom of power, the kingdom of heaven is likened. That word likened, that means it resembles someone or something. He doesn't specifically say what it is. He said it is likened. It is likened unto a man which is sowing good seed in his field. It's, that's, how, that's how it's, it's likened. It's, it resembles uh, a, a man. We're going to see uh, uh, in verse 38 uh, what he's really referring to there. He says the kingdom is likened unto a man. resembles someone or something that's sowing. In a kingdom, we are always sowing. We are sowing. Now, I'm not talking about no money. We're always sowing the word of God. We're sowing what, what the king says. We're sowing the will and, and, and the intent and the purpose of the king. We're sowing the laws and the words of the king, not our words. Now, you know, sometimes we can put God's name on some stuff. I've done it. God said it. No, God didn't. Because if it doesn't line up with what's in the Bible, then it's not, it's not God's word, okay? So he says, now look at verse number 38, and we're still in Matthew. Uh, Matthew 13. Look, we're going to do 37 first. Uh, 37 says, And he answered and he said unto them, because the disciples are asking God a question about the seed that's being sown and about the field. the parable that he's, he's, he's speaking unto them. So 37 says, He answered and he said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. Now, Watch who are the good seed. Now, this now God blew mine on. Now, verse 38 says, yeah, is that the one I want to go through? Yeah, verse 38. Verse 38 says this. The field, because he said you're sowing the seed in the field, the good seed. It says the field is the world. Now, why is God sowing the good seed into the world? Okay? Watch what it says. Continue. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The good seed is the Christian. Why, what, is he, what, what is Christ doing? He is sowing the good seed, us, the Christians, the believers. He is sowing us into the world. That's crazy. Why are you going to put us in the world? He is sowing us to be an influence in the world. Not to join up with the world, but to be an influence. Because when he sows us then into the world, all we're supposed to be doing is teaching what the king says. And we have enough anointing and power from God to to, to be able to affect those people around us. Now, we have to be very careful now when, because the Word of God says this. The Word of God says in the book of James, uh, it, says, it says this. Now, to become friends with the world, if you have a friendship with the world, the Bible says you become an enemy to God. If you become friends with the world, in other words, you become partakers doing the things that the world is doing, then the Bible says you become an enemy to God. Now, I, that's scary. I don't want to be the enemy of God. I, that's, the last, that's the last thing I want to do. But, but the Bible says that. But here it is now. God is showing us into the world to be an influence, to impact. Everywhere we go, because we have the laws and the rules and the purpose of the king, we are to be an influence. We're supposed to impact our surroundings whether we go to the grocery store, whether we go on our jobs, whether we go into the church, wherever we're going, wherever there are people, we are to influence them with the laws and the doctrines of the kingdom. That's what we're supposed to be teaching. That's what we're supposed to be giving. It's whatever the king says because it's the king's word that rules. And, and, And by us being citizens of the kingdom, then we have to do what the king says. We have to do what the king said. We don't, it's not, I, I can do it my way. This is what I want to do. I got this free will. No, 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 no. Yeah, he, he, he gives we, he gives us a choice to do whatever we want to do. But the fact remains is this. Everything that we do, it should be what the king has instructed us to do and to live by the rules, which is the Bible, of of the king. That's what's supposed to be happening. But oftentimes that does not happen. I've been there and done that too. I'm not telling you nothing that I haven't <laughs> already done. Yeah, th- th- but it's important. The kingdom. You know, I'm like, people's going to think, oh. I said, Lord, people going to think I'm off my rock. He said, teach my word. He said, teach what, teach what I've put in the book. He said, teach my word. He said, now, if you come, in, you come uh, uh, enticed and all caught up, if you're not being an influ- influence, or you're not impacting your surroundings, and you fall in with the world and doing the things that what the world is doing, then God said you have become my enemy. That's scary. you become the enemy of God. And I can't even imagine in my mind, because when he talks about turning you over to a reprobate mind, God will turn us over to a reprobate mind. We won't know one end from another. But we have to follow what the king says as citizens, and God says we are citizens of the kingdom. Of the kingdom, you know that that's what He says. Now, the, now let's let's we're still in Saint Matthew chapter thirteen because we want to deal with misguided truths. Misguided truths. Now, looking at verse number twenty-five. Remember, now we're that good seed according to what the Bible says. We're the good seed. We've been sold into the field, but we we cannot allow the field, the things of the world, because they said the wicked one. It's, it's the one over uh, the children of the, the world because they the, the tares, the tares. Now, verse number 25 says, but watch this. How do we lose our way and get caught up in the things of the world? God gives us an answer. The king gives us an answer. Verse 25 says, but while men, what did they do? They slept. The enemy came and he sowed tares among the wheat and he went his way. When we're in our subconscious state or we're in that lackadaisical moment in our lives or in activity, then that gives the enemy a chance to come in and show tears. That's how sometimes you wonder, like, where did these thoughts come from? The Bible says if you keep our, if we keep our minds stayed on him, he will give us perfect peace. But we have to be careful Of the things that we allow to come through our mind. See, the mind is a spirit, and things come through our mind. So the Bible says now, here it is now, the enemy comes, and he sows tares. Now, the devil is not stupid. Can we say that? He's not stupid. What he sows, those tares, resembles the wheat. The wheat is a good thing. The wheat are the children of God. The tares are from the wicked one. It looks so much like it's white. It looks so much like it's, 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 it's a child of God. But the Bible says that now you have to be careful because you can't pull up the task because you might mess around and pull up the wheat. The wheat is the good thing. It's, it's, it's the good. But because of the fact that when the enemy does, you know how the enemy kind of trick us sometimes and go do some things and we know what we ought not to be doing? And he makes it look good. Now, he don't make things not look good. Uh-uh. He makes things look good. The enemy—it's it, enticing. Now, okay, I'm gonna deal with the men folks a little bit. Do that? Can I do that? Do I have permission? Do I have permission? <laughs> now, the devil is not gonna send you anybody that look like I don't know what. Mm 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 mm. He's gonna send. I'm talking to the men. Then we'll get with the women. The devil will send you anything that's appealing. That is satis- that satisfying your flesh, because in all of us there is a lust spirit, but we don't have to give in to that lust spirit. But what the enemy will do, he will send somebody fine, beautiful, I mean gorgeous, smelling good, because the Bible does say about uh, uh, the way to hell is through a harlot's house. That that's in the book of Proverbs, and God does say that. So you know, if all that fragrance—I mean, you like it turns your head. Wow. I mean, you, your, your mind is supposed to be huh, uh, on things of God, and all of a sudden, your mind is twisted, and you're just like, oh, wow. That quick, he takes it. Come down to the women who, we're we just, as, just as good, depending on what it is. Just, just enticing, you know, a fine-looking man come through, you know, appear, appears appears to have it all going on. Now, one thing about my, my, my daddy, and, it, and I still believe that's true, I never forget. He's, my father told my sister she was dating this guy, and and he happened to uh, they happened to come. You know, you know how you do back in the day. You got to bring your boyfriend or your girlfriend before your parents so they can check you out. And this young man came in. He had on a three piece suit. He was sharp as a tax, I said, Joan. But when my dad looked down, he had on dirty shoes. My first thing my daddy said, to my sister, my sister, he ain't a bit of good. Well, you know what? It governed to be true. It was really true. He wasn't worth a hill of beans. <laughs> Amen. So, but the thing is, now, the Satan will always send you something that will appeal to your flesh, you know, and, and don't have low self-esteem and not know who you are in God and not, you know, not knowing, okay, I'm the king's child. I mean, they've got to bring something to the table. Y'all understand what I mean? Bring something to the table. You, you don't go out and get you somebody and you, you got it going on and, 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 and they have absolutely nothing to offer, even whether it's, it's, uh, whether it's financially or spiritually. The main thing is spiritually. They can't bring nothing to the table. And if they can't bring nothing to the table, I mean, wow. You, you, I mean, you just messed up. You at the mercies of the wicked one. And you want to know what in the world is going on. Why is I'm struggling so? Well, you're, in, you're not even compatible. We just, sometimes women just want a man, just want one, just say I got one. No, no. They've got to have some character about it. You know, they've got to be able to know who the king is or have a desire to know who the king is because there are rules and regulations in the kingdom, and because we are citizens of the kingdom, we've got to go by what he says because what he says is do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Uh, he said, that's, that's his word. What does light and darkness have in common? Nothing. One is light one is darkness. I mean, most, most the Bible says people love to do, do their evil or their wickedness in the darkness. Let's get back to Scripture. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right, now, let, let, me, let me continue. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, he says this now in verse number 26. Okay, before we go to that 26, it, after he shows those tares that look like the wheat, something that's good, the next thing he say, he goes his way. Now the devil does not hang around with you when he didn't got you messed up. He gone. He's leaving you holding the bag. That's what he does. That, that, that is his platform. That's his routine. He goes his way when he finished what he's doing. Because he wants what you have on the inside. Satan wants the treasure that God has placed on the inside of you. That's what he's desiring. Now, verse twenty six says this. It says but when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So you can't even recognize you're in that situation until it comes to maturity. Once it comes to a place of maturity, then it's recognized, oh, this ain't God here. I have made a big mistake. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there and made a big mistake. Now, verse 27 says this in Mark, uh, Matthew 13. It says now, So the servant of the householder came and said unto him, Sirs, did thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it passed? In other words, where is this other stuff coming from? God, you when we were were sown into the world, when we were sown into the world, we were sown as good seed. But somehow or another, when we became a part of the world, we became contaminated. And when we become contaminated, we are the tares then, not the good seed. We then become tares. And then it goes on to say, verse 28. Verse 28 says, He said unto them, watch this, an enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Will thou then that we go and gather them up? The Bible says in verse 29, But he said, No, Least while we gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. That's why God said, No, you, you don't, you don't uh, uh, take what God has placed and begin to try to pull, because their lifestyle, or their life is not right. You, you don't begin to try to pull, pull up the wheat Pull up and you know, get rid of the tares because see somehow or another some wheat is connected to that tear. And if you pull up the, the try to pull up the tares or the bad things, then what's going to happen? You're going to pull up that which is good. So it, we have to be very 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 careful. So then he says in verse 29, he says, but he said, least while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat is with them.' He gives an illustration now. He gives an illustration. We've been sown as as servants of the king into the the field, but we're supposed to have an impact. We're supposed to have an impact on the world, not the world has an impact on us. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) Now, we're supposed to have an impact. We're supposed to have an impact. Now, let's go now. Let's go. We're almost done. Let's let's go to St. Mark. St. Mark. St. Mark. Just want to teach this morning. Hopefully, we're we're learning something. Amen. 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 St. Mark, chapter number 4. Matthew Mark. Okay. St. Mark, chapter number 4. St. Mark, chapter 4. Looking now at verse number 30. Remember now, he never specifically says what the kingdom directly is except the fact that the kingdom is within you. He tells us about the laws and the rules and the purpose of the king and how we as citizens are supposed to do whatever the king says. Because... The king's word is the law. We, we can't change. We can't change the Bible. I don't care how many interpretations people come up with. Well, you cannot change the word of God. You can't change the word of God. Now, St. Mark chapter 4, verse number 30. Verse number 30. Verse 30 says, and he said, Whereinto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? What do we compare the kingdom of God with? Because, see, we're not talking about teaching church. We're teaching kingdom, what Jesus did and what, when he uh, met his disciples and began to teach them the things concerning the kingdom. He says, what, what can you compare it with? Look what he compares it with. Verse 31. It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when it is sown in the earth, it is less than all the seas that be in the earth. Well, wait a minute. The kingdom is like a grain of a mustard seed. Well, what does that mean? That means the kingdom is small. It starts off small, but it grows and it grows and it grows. If you think about it, when, when Christ come on scene, he was first by himself. But then he calls to disciples. Then he calls two more disciples. He began to call the fishermen. Once he finished calling his disciples, because see, the kingdom is growing. Oh yeah, Lord. Thank you for that one. Now, the kingdom on the inside of us, even now, is growing. You know why it's growing? Because this is this is when some of the first time you ever heard about the kingdom being on the inside. And everything that 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 the king's his will, his knowledge, his understanding, everything about the king is growing on the inside of us. So since we got the kingdom on the inside of us, we are literally growing spiritually. It's not about building big buildings. That's not it. It's about growing the temple of God. It's about growing what the what God has on the inside of us. So the kingdom explodes. Next thing you know. There's 120 in the upper room. It started off with Jesus. Then he calls his disciples. Then it begins to increase. All right? And once they begin to increase, there they are now, scared. And Jesus tells them, now, listen, you, you go wait in Jerusalem. You go there, and I'll be there. Now, when you come to become endowed with the Holy Spirit. Now, see, the Holy Spirit got power. That's why I don't understand. Yeah, then again, I do understand. Because when we don't obey the Holy Spirit, we go our way, then whatever happens, happens. But the Holy Spirit, it warns us. Before things happen in our life, the Holy Spirit warns us. He has given us the power of the Holy Spirit. So now the kingdom is growing. You know, 120 in upper room. Then once that con- continues, when when, when when Peter's out there preaching and the people begin to accept the word of God, here comes five thousand more. You see how the kingdom grows. It may, it started off small. That's why the Bible says, uh, "Don't don't give up in small beginnings." You know, don't don't when when because you're small, don't worry about that. Don't 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 worry about that. He says, "What you want to worry about is the fact that eventually it's going to explode." I heard something the other day, T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes, when we see him, all we see is all that we see, that, that, that sea of people is what we see, the sea of people. That's what we see when we see him on TV. Whenever he gives his testimony, he began to talk about when he was that little preacher back in Virginia. And he talked about how he used to be the one to pick up people to bring the church. He talked about how he was even, I didn't even know he could play the, the uh, piano until he mentioned it the other day. He had to, you know, before he preached, he had to play, he had to be the music. He had to play the, 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 the uh, piano back in those days. He had to do that. He said, I had to do it all. I had to do it all. He said, but, and he said, and we were small because they took a Sunday school class of, of females and come up with this woman thou art loose thing. It came from a Sunday school class. A small Sunday school class. Then he began to talk about when he gets to Texas, he had no idea it was going to explode the way it did. And he said the reason why he thought he was going to have to still do the same thing that he did when he was in West Virginia. It was small. He had to do everything. But what God is saying, he said the kingdom is like a grain of a mustard seed. The kingdom will explode. Every time you impart into somebody, what, no matter where you go about the kingdom, the kingdom is exploding. Because so you've got the word of the king on the inside of you, and it is exploding. Every time you tell somebody about Jesus Christ, the kingdom is expanding. That's why when I went to preach in the prisons, I didn't have a problem when I began to preach in the, the preaching prison. Why? Because when those guys left, then, if they received Jesus Christ and they took that word with them, that meant the kingdom word was going to go wherever they went. And that meant it was going to continue to grow. Even to the point where we, Dr. Mallory and I, we preached on death row. This old crazy woman preached on death row. Can you believe this? On death row at the prison. Crazy, Brenda. On death row. But the fact remains those that receive the word on death row. If they accepted Jesus Christ and received that kingdom word, what happened is the kingdom continued to expand wherever they went. So don't worry about your small beginnings of, and whomever you speak to. You just release what the king has placed on the inside of you. Don't Don't release your own word because, see, the king has standards that he goes by. Now, man don't always have standards, right? Man don't always have standards. But the king, he has standards that he goes by, and so we, he impart those standards into us. So we have to go by the rules and the, and the laws of what the king says. And it's, it's, it's just so very important. All right, now, my, it, 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 the kingdom expands. It, it, it expands. And even now, as, as the Holy Spirit is is, is sharing and giving, Some of these things that's coming forth wasn't even in my notes. He's just giving to me fresh while I'm standing here. Like the kingdom is expanding every time you witness and every time you minister to somebody. The kingdom of God.